Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's Black History Month, and for at least a second year in a row, Apple is highlighting black voices throughout the month of February. Meta might want to change some of its policies and controls in the metaverse as it relates to sexual harassment. A 43-year-old British woman claims she was virtually groped by a gang of male avatars. Flexible work-from-anywhere policies might be a key to fixing Silicon Valley's diversity problems, and Spotify might have a Joe Rogan issue, as Rock and Roll Hall of Fame legends pull their catalogs from the platform because of COVID misinformation promoted on his show. We've got all this and more in episode 20 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. Um, I'm hot, y'all. My Chiefs did not pull it off. I, I, I'm from Ohio. I'm, I'm happy that uh, an Ohio team is going to the Super Bowl. I've never seen that. Well, I've seen it from Cincinnati. I've never seen it from the team as closest to me. But uh, man, I, I thought, I thought, I thought the Chiefs was going to pull it off. No, nah, Mahomes choked. Yeah. So I know Stephanie, you don't really pay attention to the fo- <laughs> to the foosball. That's, that's why we're going to keep it light. Man, I was like. For real, dude, it's like you, you're gonna just go completely cold like this in the second, mm-hmm. you know, second half. And uh, man, so Joe Burrow, I mean, anyway. I'm looking forward to the halftime show. Um, you know what? Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm not. I, mean, I, I mean, want to see it. Um, well, uh, this year's it seems like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. it. You know, no offense to Snoop Dogg fans, Dr. Dre fans, uh, Eminem fans, Mary J. Blige, it's Mary J. Blige, right? She's mm-hmm. a it just seems like they're reaching, not reaching, but it's like, all right, what, what, what can we do to uh, get people to watch? <laughs> let's grab these people. Well, that part. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, this is a big part of it is what can we do to yeah, get but, people to watch? Because it's like they, they, they are hit or miss sometimes with them. So, but it just seems like, again, I don't, I don't know the age of NFL fans. I don't know the age of Super Bowl fans. You know, I don't have any statistics on halftime show watchers or those casuals. Are those sports fans? But it seems like this year, not an odd lineup, but I I guess they didn't really try to. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It seems like they could have. There's a lot of uh, popping artists out there, you know, that are, you know, out there real popular right now. Say what? You trying to say Dre and Snoop is too old? They are old. Mary J. Blige, Eminem, they are all our age, which I guess. If we look I back at some of the past, I ain't claiming that. Eminem is our age. They are they, they fifties. Yeah, they also <laughs> have a place in in pop culture right now, and I think they have a better chance of appealing to a broader spectrum of people. 
You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, somebody 25 might not be a diehard Snoop fan, but they know who Snoop is. Right. And they will tune in and be like, let me see what Snoop is about to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, as as opposed to Lil Yachty, you know, no disrespect to Lil Yachty, but I don't know who that is. I, I just know the name clearly, but I couldn't right. name the song. And I wouldn't, you know, make any special uh, arrangements to tune into a Super Bowl halftime show that had him in it. I mean, like I said, no, no disrespect, Lil Yachty. You know, do your thing, bro. But <laughs> When you're, if you're saying that person versus Dre, Snoop, M, and Mary, you know, what I mean, I think you gotta go with who's gonna who's gonna get the most amount of viewers from right. across the most demographics, and and I think they they can do that. Right, I suppose so. So, y'all, um, before we get into the tech, let me just tell um, our <laughs> listeners. No Yachty fans, don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell our listeners how you can support the show. Uh, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, that is the tech T, excuse me, the tech J-A-W-N. Um, we are on Patreon and you can support us over there. And there are folks who are watching us live stream right now and after we get done with the live stream to the actual after party where we just talk about a little bit of everything. So if you want to get in on those type of benefits, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. And with that, let's get to our first tech story. Now we're recording on the 31st, but by the time most people hear this episode, it will be um, February 1st, um, the start of black history month. So uh, Terrence, why don't you tell us what Apple is doing for a black history month this year? Yeah. So for the past, I know for the past two years, um, Apple has really tried or attempted to highlight black voices throughout Black History Month. And it's not in, you know, not some one off commercial. You know, there's no social media blast where they, you know, um, put some black faces in it. They're actually across most, if not all of their platforms and even hardware, they are doing the. Um, just highlighting black voices across all their platforms, whether it be Apple Fitness, whether it be podcasts, whether it be Apple Music, books, apps, apps. You know, Apple has done a good job of curating whether it be apps to download. Like when you open up the App Store and they give you suggested apps and they give you stories of developers and they, they, they've done a good job of creating like an ecosystem within all of these properties. Well, for Black History Month, what they're going to do is within each of these properties, they're going to make sure that they highlight black creators, black voices, black faces. Uh, for example, like in um, the podcast app, books app and the app store, they're going to curate like collections from key voices. I mean, is the tech job getting highlighted? What do you say? I said, is the tech John getting highlighted? <laughs> Just say it. No, uh, we, we keep grinding. We'll get there, right? Um, but you know, some of the uh, high end, you know, the 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 more notable. Not to say tech John's not notable because we moving on up. But you know, some of these people out here who, um, uh, for instance, for the podcast, they're uh, they're going to highlight people like Roxanne Gay, best selling author. Uh, Jay Williams, uh, former basketball player and sports personality. Uh, Morgan Harper Nichols, who's an artist and a poet. Uh, Rashad Bilal and Troy Millings, founders of the financial literacy and lifestyle brand Earn Your Leisure. Those are some pretty popular guys on Facebook. They do this whole uh, finance, uh, um, entrepreneurs, stock market. You know, they got all these different podcasts to where, you know, stuff that You'd have to dig through the podcast app to find if you're a black listener or you're trying to support podcasts. 
you know, they're highlighting those front and center on their podcast app, you know, books app, things of that nature. One of the things they're doing on their hardware, and I actually have it. They have Uh-oh. a, I got to hold up now. Hold my, let me hold my, let me, let me hold my. <laughs> they have a, uh, a, <laughs> they have a uh, a Unity um, a watch face that has the black, red, and green uh, colors that's uh, that are uh, apparent in the Excellent. African flag. You can download uh, that watch face. You know, that there's music. Glorious. They have a heal- Apple Music healing campaign. This will include special episodes of the message on Apple Music One Radio. Uh, Ebro uh, Darden, he's got a popular radio show in New York. Uh, he's the head of Apple Music's hit. He's the head of uh, Apple Music Hip Hop and R&B editorial. He'll have in-depth conversations. So all that to say, across their all of their platforms, Apple is going to make sure that they highlight Black voices. Oh, that's pretty black. cool. What you say? I'm sorry. I just I just I just put it on my my. Oh wife. yeah 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 yeah. So you know <laughs> just um, I guess didn't wasn't necessarily a question. Um, I, but I just, I just wanted to put it out there. Do you think, um, efforts like this for Black History Month are kind of on par for what companies like Apple would do? Uh, do you think there are some room for improvement or do you think this is one of those, you know, uh, in the wake of, you know, all the things that happened a couple of years ago, you know, in this whole Black movement? Is this Apple sort of catering to that or is this something that, you know, Apple has, you know, decided they're going to contribute to uh, for the foreseeable future, regardless of whatever political climate we're in. My take on this is that it's probably some of all of this, you know, this, that, the above and the other. I I, I think yes to all of that (laughs) is probably the appropriate answer. Um, Is it directly a stemming from, you know, the, the, the unrest that we had in early 2020? Eh, p- potentially, but that was last year's fiscal year. They're, they're clearly on a new one at this point. Right. So this is a whole new, whole new plan for them. And what they may have stumbled on, what they may have figured out is that when you do these kind of things, oh, this is actually profitable for us. So, um, let's continue to do that. Is there room for improvement? Well, always, because, uh, I know, uh, that a lot of people will say things like, well, why do we have to have the month with the, the fewest days in it and all those kind of things has nothing to do with that. This is a month that was chosen by the people who came up with black, you know, um, history month. Um, I'm not going to go into the history of that. Uh, but what I would like to see companies do is like, you don't have to focus on just one month. Um, you know, that part. we, you know, there's stuff that had happened in 365 with bing, folks bing, who bing, look bing. like us, just like everyone else. So I am appreciative of the effort because we do have a month kind of earmarked where we're going to talk about black people things, um, at this point. Um, and I did the air quotes for people who can't see my, uh, you know, see my fingers when I said that. Um, I would personally just like to see it's like, you no, know, it doesn't have to be black history month. It's just, you know, black history is just part of American history and you can just talk about right. it. You can just, you can just highlight things. You don't, you don't, you don't have to actually make a special carve out. So that's where I see improvement coming. But like I said, I'm, I'm happy for the effort. They, they, they are doing more than most. Um, yeah. you know, or, or let me, let me rephrase it. They're doing more than many. Yeah. Um, so. That was the that was the second point that I had as well. It's just like you know, for all the people out there um, that still complain about why don't we have a Black History Month? We don't have a White History Month, uh, but that's because you got the White History other eleven months. 
Um, so I think if, if companies and schools and, and everybody did a better job of just incorporating black folks into the general lexicon of popular culture every day of the year, we wouldn't need this kind of thing. So, you know, and that's still not being done satisfactorily in my opinion. So, um, but you know, this could be an opportunity for Apple to move that needle uh, in in a way that, you know, could make a difference by not just highlighting this type of stuff in February, but continuing to in that spotlight that they have on that on the front page of the app store and the front page of the podcast app and the front page of Apple Music. You know what I mean? There should be all kinds of artists in the, in that highlight, in that spotlight every month, every day, every week, every whatever. So I, you know, that would be my hope as well. I share Rob's, you know, optimism that, you know, this could be something that is not only um, contained to February, but also like, you know, I, I, it was funny because the, the article, the, the, and I'm going to throw a little more shade right now. Uh, and I may not, I just may not know, um, very much about the platform and the publication you shared this article from. I don't want to name it because I ain't going to call nobody out, but it, it, it just didn't seem like a, you know, a ginormous platform um, to, to talk about this information. So I, I Googled this information just to see what other platforms it was on. And I didn't find a whole lot. I mean, Apple has it on its own website, um, but I didn't find a whole lot of other media outlets picking this up. So I would hope that Apple would is going to be intentional about making sure that this gets out, that they're doing all of that. I mean, if you're going to do all this anyway, you might as well try to get the PR, you know, from it. Um, but, but, uh, you know, in a, in a broader way. And, and, and if that means a whole commercial, make a whole commercial. Y'all can do it. Y'all got the money. Y'all trillion dollar company, you know, make a bomb commercial like the one with Kerry Washington and Mary J. Blige back in the day or, or, or something to, mm-hmm. to show that, that these are some things that you have coming because I was, I was a little disappointed in the lack of publicity around this entire effort because I think it is a very comprehensive effort. I mean, you got Apple Fitness. You know what I mean? I can go and see some black folks doing yoga uh, on, on my, on my watch. And whatnot. So people need to know about this. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to do it, you know, do it with intention because then it becomes that thing where, well, we tried and no one really listened and no one really downloaded and no one really, you know, but you tried, but you didn't try. You know what I mean? So hopefully they'll put a little bit of, of effort behind publicizing all of these great things that they're doing this month as well. So, yeah, I, like I uh, like. <laughs> We'll we'll get into February and who knows, you know, um, I have said this about Apple many, many, many times. They are a marketing company that happens to sell watches, phones and computers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're, they're very good at this marketing thing. Yeah, they are. So we'll just we'll just wait and see what they're doing. But I, I do want to stress this. They are doing more than many. So I, you know, I will, I will give them a little bit of, you know, flowers, uh, you know, on that because, because they are, but like I said, you don't got to, you don't got to limit it to a month. You don't have to limit it to a month. <laughs> exactly. So one of the, one of the things that uh, you posted, I, th- I think this was from you, uh, Stephanie um, yeah. was uh, about what's going on in metaverse. And if I'm honest, I'm surprised it took this long for us to hear about this. But anyway, it's like, come on. It had been happening. I think, I think, you know, I'm not sure why 
this particular instance of it got so much publicity and got picked uh, up. By- let me, for folks who don't know what I'm talking about, is basically there is a woman who is saying that she was assaulted and harassed in the metaverse. In the metaverse. And the stuff that was happening to her is horrific. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really bad. So, Stephanie, I'll let you go ahead and, and tell the, the nitty gritty of the story. It is a 43-year-old British woman um, claimed she was virtually groped by a gang of male avatars in Meta's Metaverse earlier this month. Uh, Nina Jane Patel, who works as the vice president of research for a rival Metaverse, said in a media medium post that she was verbally and sexually harassed. They said it started, she said it started within a minute of joining uh, Facebook's Horizon Venues virtual lobby. And within a minute, avatars touched her character's body, body inappropriately, made sexual comments, and took screenshots. I was like, dang, what the hell? <laughs> what was y'all doing? And so, you know, she just got really flustered and, and triggered and, 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 you know, to just basically ripped her headset off to, to get out of this virtual world and this, and this, and this attack, uh, basically is what it was. Um, the, the thing that I, um, wanted to highlight here was Meta's response, which was freaking abysmal. Do better, Meta and Mark. So, a Meta spokesperson noted that Patel did not use the platform's reporting tools. And that was, and I, and, and maybe there was more to their state. I'm praying there was more to their statement uh, than that. Um, but in the moment when someone's attacking you, whether it is virtually or in real life, you ain't thinking about where's the block button, where's the, bl- and you got those things in your hand and, 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 and this is all new technology to, to pretty much all of us at this point. So the idea that, you know, she was supposed to be self-aware enough, uh, to do that while a gang of, of, of virtual men were surrounding her is, is insane and it's victim blaming. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Ain't it, yeah, ain't it victim blaming? <laughs> and then there was another incident. Um, that had been investigated uh, prior to this about the same type of thing. And a meta internal investigation concluded that the victim hadn't enabled safety features. So again, putting the onus back on, first of all, why are the safety features enabled already? And it should be up to us to disable them if we want to. But yeah, it did, it was, it was just a ton of victim blaming, um, on Meta's part, really, you know, saying that these women hadn't enabled, you know, their safety features quick enough. And, and there were a lot of other comments from other, you know, people, men, I presume, saying that, well, why would you have a female avatar in the first place? Because I'm a woman and I want a female avatar. Like, what that's in that the point and um you know so it was it was just it was a it was a really really um sucky response to to a real issue you know no you know no one physically put their hands on her but but i i have to think that that's the same thing and you know i just got my oculus and you know that is one of my biggest fears is getting into these spaces and having that happen and not knowing what to do and now you're now you're triggered and now you know you got to live with this the same type of trauma that you would have had in real life you know even though it didn't happen in real life and 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 you know they the, the companies nobody really thought about the worst of human behavior and how that was going to affect, you know, women in these spaces. And and it's just a shame. Well, I I guess my uh, concern is why wouldn't Facebook or Meta um, put more effort 
into these type of protections up front because why didn't they think reality would bring <laughs> itself into virtual reality? In reality, women can't walk down the street without somebody bothering them, you know, five minutes out of the house. They can't right. go shopping. They can't be on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram social media without somebody harassing them. Why wouldn't they, A, assume that that was going to be the same for the metaverse? And two, uh, put those safeguards, like you mentioned, Stephanie, by default turned on by default, right? and then let somebody go in and customize how much, you know, whatever sort Protection of restrictions they want or whatever yeah. Yeah, that they can set up ahead of time. And then, like you said, to come up with this victim blaming is, oh, you wasn't doing it right. Uh, right. Let, let us help you be better at not being harassed online versus putting out a statement saying, hey, we absolve, we whatever the case may be, we will not tolerate this. Anybody that's get caught of doing X, Y, and Z, these three things are going to happen right. to them. We'll be banned. I mean, that whole group of people should be banned, you know, and I guess. Or just say it, even if you don't course. do nothing. Why to say what we're going to do who, right. with with people who violate these rules versus targeting this w- one woman and saying, "Hey, uh, you didn't do enough job, a good enough job." I mean, it's like that's the worst thing you can tell somebody who's been victimized is you didn't do a good enough job to prevent yourself from being to victimized. Pre- 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 exactly, I mean, it's the opposite which, of what you're supposed which to say. Is insane. The thing that really got me was the response. Number, like y'all don't even one, care. Y'all don't have a, you don't have a PR department that you send this <laughs> stuff out through. Somebody would have, it, it kind of sounds like you're blaming the person that got victimized. It, it don't kind of sound like it. It's um, victim blaming. The, it was well, clear. So, victim so blaming. I, um, my guess and, you know, not to be, you know, not to try to give Facebook any help or anything, but my guess is according to this story, uh, this, uh, woman is the vice president of research for a rival right. metaverse and maybe Facebook took it as, all right, she trying lady, to you, you over here. Industrial espionage. Yeah. Trying to you bring them down. Right. You, you over here trying to work up some stuff and whatever the case may be. So you can throw some bad, uh, PR on Facebook. So we're going to type up this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you tripping easy. type response. That's my um, guess. That's my best guess. <sighs> I, I'm going to say, even with that, even if that is what you think the case is, you can't respond that this way. way. Absolutely See, not. This is something that you have to take because this is a killer of your platform. If, if, if they don't get this right, Mm-hmm. There are other companies, you know, you know, you know, we talk about Meta because it's Facebook and it's it's so big and they've got such a big following. And what they probably put their money behind is going to work just because they have so much of it and because they're so big. But if they get this part wrong, you, it's you, a wrap. you open it up, you know, because there are other companies named Microsoft and Google and Oracle and Amazon. And Apple. They would all and Apple. They would all love to, you know. To, to be where Meta is right now with, you know, w- you know, with the metaverse. So they, they got to get this right. And this was not the right response. You just cannot go that route. And it's like, I mean, there, there is story after story. There's article after article about women who actually are uh, assaulted this way in the real world that they don't go to the authorities because 
of exactly this. It's like, well, well, did you do this? Or what kind of clothes are you right. wearing? Or, or why and, were you there that, at this time? Right. Basically None of that matters. Whole, you didn't put the safety features on is what kind of clothes were you wearing? Like, honestly, like, it, it might as well be the yeah. same thing. But I was, I was great to tell a story about the idea that I don't think there's a ton of incentive for these companies to do anything like this at all. Um, uh, this week, a friend of mine uh, called me because her daughter was being uh, harassed and bullied on Instagram. And she's like, what can I do? And, you know, we kind of went through a few different things that she could do. And I was like, one of the things like this, this, whoever was doing this had created a bunch of fake accounts, some with her name in it, her daughter's name in it, some without, but just all kind of, you know, horrible things that they were saying and commenting and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, get everybody, you know, to report these accounts, you know, put it, put a blast out there, you know, I'll do it. She texted me all the different accounts. You know, I literally just reported them one by one for bullying and harassment, blah, blah, blah. This is, I'm going to read you what the response was that I got for all of these blocks. So we didn't, it says reviewed. It says we didn't remove the account. I won't say the name because of the high volume of reports we receive. Our team hasn't been able to review this account. So you didn't review it, but you're not going to remove it. Like, Make it make sense to me, honestly. And they, they say, well, here are our community guidelines. Bullying and harassment are not okay. And against our community guidelines, there are a few things you can do to avoid seeing accounts you find upsetting. And, and, and again, you're, you're putting all of the work back onto the victim to, to, to not be traumatized. Right. I mean, it just, it just didn't make any sense. I was like, wait, cause I, cause like I said, it was like seven different accounts that I was like, you know, report, 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 you know, this is bullying. And all of them came back and they hadn't looked at any of them, right. but just decided they weren't taking any of them down. And I'm like, how did you come to that conclusion when you didn't see it? Like I just, and, and now you're telling me this is what you got to go do to, to make sure you don't feel bad. Right. When somebody's out here, you know, doxing you and 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 doing all these other things, just trash. <laughs> and that's always going to be a problem for platforms that use, utilize, profit off of user community generated content. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be the case. But the problem is these companies pretend, they front, they fake, they lie, they hide, and say, "Oh yeah, we're on top of it," and "Oh yeah, we're going to build this community," and. Oh yeah, we're gonna safeguard you, but there's no way possible. Let's just be. It's, it's we not can't. Yeah. It's human, yeah. and not to get on, not to get on my soapbox, but this is human. <laughs> this is how humans behave in real life. That's going to transfer online, and any platform that thinks or knows or has the answers, you're fooling yourselves. But at mm-hmm. the very least, you could put forth more of an effort than this. Yeah, absolutely. I would hope that somebody has said, yeah, this was a horrible response. Here's how we should respond to this going forward, regardless of what they actually do. J- just, and I hate to have to, that I have to say that because from a marketing standpoint, just from a PR standpoint, this response <laughs> right. is so bad. Come on, I mean, for real? Um, <laughs> this, this, this is what you said. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 just horrible. It's like, got me but, now, like I said, put my quest two back on. Before I said, before my internet started going all wonky, I'm actually shocked that it took this long for us to get here. And you know, it probably didn't take this long. This is probably just the first one that we've heard of. This is the first one where uh, it is made, uh, you know, 
national news. It's yeah, worldwide I think this news. woman just had um, enough clout and visibility to get it noticed. But this right. definitely isn't the first time this has happened. Right. And unfortunately, won't be the last. So, um, to move on to our next story, this is an article that right, literally right before we, uh, went live, probably an hour or so before we went live, uh, I don't know how I found this on foreignpolicy.com. I don't know if somebody tweeted it and I clicked on a link, but it was just really interesting story that came up, um, about, uh, can flexible work help fix big tech diversity problems? Um, you know, we have talked about this on this show on multiple occasions about there's just you know, there are diversity issues um, in Silicon Valley. Um, they're not insignificant. I mean, they're, they're major. But we, we have to also talk about when companies are doing something about it. So in this particular case, uh, Twitter has, uh, you know, the numbers aren't where we'd like to see them, but they are definitely better than they were a year ago. So if you uh, let me just read this here. Twitter said that it had boosted the uh, proportion of black employees at its U.S. locations to 9.4 percent up from 6.9. Um, and it increased Hispanic workers to 8% up from 5.5. That is significant to do that in a year. But the, the thing that really interested me about this was how they did it. Um, one of the things that I have been talking about for years when it comes to, uh, you know, how do you increase? I've been on steering committees at, at multiple fi- Fortune 500 companies where, well, how can we get more black people into the company? Mm-hmm. We thought about going to where black people exist. That, <laughs> that is the first thing that I always say. Have you thought about going to an HBCU? I, you know, I, I want to oversimplify this. You know, but I, I didn't. I didn't go to an HBCU, but I do know that there are a lot of black people that graduate <laughs> from them. Many of them have degrees in STEM. So, have you thought about potentially going to where there are, in you know, a inordinate amount of black people graduating with degrees you're looking for. Have you thought about going to those institutions? Imagine oh, that. no, we never thought about that. But here's something that is similar to this. Um, you know, black people uh, in general uh, are, you know, we, we are everywhere. You, you can't go anywhere in the country without finding some of us. However, the, there are spots in the country that you can go to where you're going to find a heck of a lot more of us than you will find right. in other places. So one of the things that Twitter did was uh, first, and, I, and like I said, I don't know this, these were two conjoined things, but they actually decided to go to a flexible work environment to where we don't care where you live. As long as you can do the job, you can work remotely from wherever. Because of that, they've been able to increase their numbers because now they're going to places like Atlanta and the Winston-Salem area. And, you know, um, and Houston and places where there are large, large numbers of African-Americans they are going to places um, like El Paso, Texas. They're going to places uh, like Los Angeles. They're going they're going to places uh, where there are large numbers of uh, Latinx uh, folks and they're doing their hiring and allowing them to live where they are. And the numbers are going up. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's uh, that that's something that, you know. I guess it took it a genius to figure sense. that out, but it's like, it, yeah, it, it seems to make sense. Science. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, particularly when you're talking about, uh, you know, the Silicon Valley area, you know, San Francisco, uh, you know, Mountain View, California, th- those areas, this is like some of the most expensive places to live on the planet. So I, I've talked to recruiters, you know, who are, you know, they, they specifically work on trying to increase numbers uh, for African-Americans. And one of the things they say is that, you know, what's happening now is that it's not that you can't find them is are they willing to take the job? Am I willing to take this job to go work for Google when I can take another job where I live that pays close to what I was making? But because it plays close to what I would be getting made, you know, paid by Google, I literally am making twice as much because it only costs, you know, half as much to live there. So. 
that is that that is a big thing. And this can go a long way um, if companies start looking, hey, you know, after the pandemic, we've decided that we're going to have a flexible work schedule. Can we actually see more people getting hired because of that? In the case it's of Twitter, that's an interesting working. phenomenon to me that tech companies of, of all people, if you will, um, have only now just embraced that idea of remote work. Like I would think it would always have been that, you know, and, and you would have always had that option. And it, 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 it just it just amazes me that it took a whole pandemic for for tech companies, companies that can get you you know, the, not the best laptop not, and not the best, yeah. right. It's like, they can get you the best connection. They can, they can, they can do everything. You know what I mean? Like that, they, that just now, um, it's like, oh, wow, we could, we don't have to be here. We can do like, who's running these places. Like, I, I, I just felt like, I feel like it, it, it would have been so obvious to them from the beginning to offer that as a perk. Um, that it, it it just I don't know I don't I, I don't maybe run a company a, I've never run a company so maybe maybe it's a tax company. thing I would assume my my guess is and Rob you can jump in here um, writing off a building space I guess for instance take Apple for example they just within the past couple of years built this gigantic right um, donut yeah <laughs> right <laughs> uh, this gigantic park. To where, you know, they've got all this space and all this stuff. And I'm assuming that is a gigantic write off for them. So, so much so that they are really trying to figure out how they can get people back at the place with, because the past, what, year and a half, two years and now. It, and, and would the write off be contingent upon occupancy? So I don't know. Again, that, I don't know. May, I would assume so. To, to say that I'm using this as a office space or something like that. I guess, you know, yeah. or just overhead. I don't know. I don't know how taxes work. I don't know how ink finance works, but my guess is my guess would be, okay, we're wasting this space. We're not getting the write off. We want, we need to figure out how to get these people back in the office, you know? So Apple right now is, Fighting, not fighting, but they're struggling with figuring out the best way to get people back in office when the past year and a half, two years, Apple folks have been working from home and said, hey, you know, I like working from home. So if Apple's going to force me back into the office, let me go find another job someplace else that has adopted and accepted this work from anywhere policy uh, to where now um, I don't think companies are just deciding or adopting or saying this is a good idea that we adopt work from home. I think they're being forced by some of these other companies who are like, yo, um, you can work from your crib. We'll send you a computer. We'll send you a monitor. We'll send you an office, a, a virtual phone or soft phone. You can do your work from here. We'll give you a little bit extra money. So now these companies are kind of like Twitter, for instance, are like, Oh yeah, you know, we are now accepting flexible work from home because they be enforced. And oh, by the way, as a result of that, the numbers for black folks are going up because black people have really been, uh, are not the type of group that will just up and move in the same shape, form and fashion, you know, uh, like some other, you know, um, uh, groups would. So as a result, you know, it's like, okay, you mean to tell me I can work from Twitter? I can work for Twitter at my house. You know, that's 
you know, as a result, these numbers are coming up. Consideration too, because even at you know 150k, you may still not be able to afford to live in the valley. You know what I mean? It it is hella expensive. So, um, especially if you have a family and and you're maybe the sole breadwinner or or whatever, like that's still not. It's a lot of money, but it ain't a lot of money when you factor in that cost of living. So, you know, I I applaud what they're trying to do. I mean, like I said, it 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 always seems like like duh, you know, like duh is the to this story all the time. Um, in, my, but in my opinion, it's, it's a byproduct. You know, you know no. they say it. Oh, look at that. Our numbers are going up. How do we do that? Oh, work from home. Oh, yeah, we had to make people work from home. So we had to find people to work from home. So now let's talk about the positives when it was yeah. a byproduct. If this gets us <laughs> so, more black folks, so, so be so it. Terrence, I'm to, to, to answer your, your original question about why do companies uh, you know, why do companies, why do we just want you to come in part of this? And this is what I've learned. I, I've worked in corporate America for 25, 26 years, big giant companies that make billions and billions of dollars. They do things the way they've always done them because the way they've always done them are the way they've always done them. I mean, there, there is no rhyme or reason. We have this building, people come in here and they work in these cubicles. That's how we've always done it. Therefore, that's how we always do it. So what the pandemic did was, you know, um, and Stephanie, to your point, how come they haven't figured this out yet? Well, there were companies that were looking at remote work, but it wasn't the entire company. It was like, let's look and see if this department could maybe do this. They're doing tests. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're trying these things out. Right. And really, you know, um, you know, broadband connectivity. We have always for years. I know the three of us have had the fastest that we could get just because this is how we roll. That's yeah. not the case for you know, the most people in America is getting there now to where everybody has broadband, but there's still enormous amounts of folks who they just don't have the fat, you know, that they have like the, the, whatever the cheapest internet or they can get was. access to it. it exactly. Like some, access like sometimes is another you don't even, you don't even have the access to get it. So, uh, so a big part of it is how much expense are we going to, uh, incur to allow someone to work remotely? As soon as that is a penny more. Um, than it is to have them come into the office, they're coming into the office. Um, so they had to look at, is there a way that we can actually do this and financially make more money doing it this way? Uh, are we going to be more productive doing it this way than the other way around? The right. pandemic kind of forced it. People simply could not physically go in to the office. We were in a pandemic. So these companies had to fast track all the things they might've been working on, um, which said, okay, we got to figure out how we can get literally an entire workforce working remotely, because if we don't do that, then we're shut down. We're not making money. So they, they were kind of, their hand was forced in the sense that we can't have people in the building right now because of this massive pandemic that we're in. Let's figure out how we can get folks to do their job from home. And then remember, we're, we're, we're now two years into this COVID-19 it's 2022. This has been going on for over two years now. Um, they have figured out, wait a minute. People are happier working remotely than they are coming in. Go Say figure. No. <laughs> um, wait a minute. Our product productivity actually hasn't dropped off. Okay. Well, maybe we can go ahead and fully embrace it. Oh, wait a minute. Um, we didn't own that one building. So when we just said, well, we're going to break our lease because we no longer have people in it, that actually made us money too. So they are looking at now, how can we do this effectively? How can we have a, a more productive workforce? How can we have a happier workforce? And it's like, if letting them work from the crib, it works. Well, you've got two years of data, at least that is showing you, well, yeah, it kind of does work. So right. 
let's move further into that. So I don't think that they were like, well, how can we get the tax breaks? I'm sure at some point somebody is counting that, but I really think, you know, a big part of what is happening right now is that people have shown, you know, uh, you know, corporate America that they tend to like to work remotely when they can. And if companies can facilitate that, they're going to make more money because those folks tend to be more productive. They tend to be happier. You don't have many people jumping from point A to point B because, you you know, I think, Terrence, you said this, you know, this company, are they doing it because another company has done it? Yes, that's exactly why. Because it's like, if I, so you're saying I can make the same amount of money, but I can do it from my house and not be in 90 minutes of commute to and from work every day. Um yeah, that sounds better than me. Let me go ahead and work over here where the company could say, well, wait a minute. If that's your thing, you want an additional 90 minutes. Why don't we just allow you to work, you know, remote from home and you can keep your seniority and keep this and we'll give you a little bit of raise to keep you from not going all those kind of things. That's all happening right now. So I think that because of all of these things, um, you're saying that, oh, wait a minute. If we want to get um, more African-Americans, there are a lot of them in Atlanta. Let's go there. There's a lot of them in North Carolina. Let's go there. There's a lot of them in Houston. Let's go there. There's a there's a lot of, you know, Latinx and, you know, in El Paso. Let's go there. And I think all those things combined is why this report is the way that it is. Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, their numbers were very encouraging. So, you know, hopefully this is a trend that continues um, you know, the jump from, I think, 6.9 to 9 point something percent in a year, uh, for African Americans and, and 5 point something to 8 point something percent for, for Lat- Latinos. Um, you know, that, that's not insignificant. So, you know, I guess kudos for making the effort finally, Twitter. Uh, and hopefully some of your, some of your, uh, uh, contemporaries out there in the Valley will follow suit. Yeah. And because it is Twitter, they have, I read an article about it. Twitter is not being quiet about this. So you're going to see other companies start to say, huh, maybe we can do that too. And I'm all for any of all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So our main story, you guys, I, um, I'm going to tell you right now, I try to see the other side of stuff. I don't know why you, I, with this story, I don't know why you let your blood pressure get up. You know what time it is. With <laughs> this pressure. Yeah. Don't let your pressure get up. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to rely on one of you to be the voice of reason on this because it's like this one is it just, you know, kind of, kind of got me. So, so basically, Raggedy. if, uh, anybody has been paying attention to anything, if you listen to Spotify, you have heard about, uh, Joe Rogan. And the the folks he has on the show to give these alternative views of of COVID, and who was it? Uh, N- Neil Young, um, you know, 
you know, rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee. I think he went into the Hall of Fame in 95. Dude has got, you know, just a catalog of impressive music if you like his type of folky rock type of music. But he basically said, look, um, it's either Joe or it's me. You could take me off the platform. Um, you know, if you're going to leave Joe Rogan on the platform because he just doesn't like how, uh, you know, from his point of view, from Neil Young's point of view, that how he's putting out, uh, you know, misinformation. So Joni Mitchell left. Yeah, well. yeah Joni Mitchell um, and has then, left as well. Um, Brene Brown actually discontinued, temporarily discontinued or suspended, um, her podcast as well in so, response to this. So it, it's catching on. It's definitely catching on. So it's, it's catching on. So, uh, in, in, in Stephanie, you asked the question, um, uh, is this a problem? You know, is Joe Rogan a, a Spotify <laughs> issue? And this dude has a hundred million dollar contract. He's got 11 million daily. Let's think about that. 11 million folks right. every day listen to Joe Rogan. Spotify ain't got a Joe Rogan problem yet, but I wrote this in, in our notes. Somebody from, uh, Somebody for Spotify probably called him up and said, Hey, uh, you need to figure some things out because mm-hmm. he today, uh, on the 31st of January put out a video to where he spends the, I think it's like a eight or nine minute video for the first half of it. He's explaining, you know, about why he has these other uh, voices on and, you know, everybody should do their own research. I'm doing air quotes once again on doing your own research, right. but you know, <laughs> he's got all this stuff and, um, you know, that, that he's talking about that lets me know. And he, at the end of the, at the end of that, he goes into how much he enjoys, uh, you know, the music, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from Neil Young. So it was just really interesting. Like somebody has said something because it's like he felt like he had to come out and put a, uh, you know, a video out. A disclaimer. A disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Because if I, I am not, you know, I don't have anything against Joe Rogan. I just, I'm just not a fan of his comedy. I'm, you know, I, I cannot tell you I've ever listened to more than just clips of his show when something that was new really came out of them, but I'm, I'm just, not, I don't have four hours a day to dedicate to Joe Rogan. Um, that being said, um, yes, he's probably feeling a little bit of heat, but I expected what happened to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, as big as, uh, the catalog is, uh, it, you know, I mean, like Joni Mitchell, she's not a insignificant artist either. She, I think she actually has she's a, a Kennedy honor. Rock and roll she's a Hall of Famer as well. So the, Twice, the, the, two know, times over. Yeah. But, um, and, these uh, things are Prince, different. Prince Joe Harry Rogan is a hundred million dollar man. Prince He's Harry and, and Meghan Markle have actually said they're, they, they have not taken any content down from the platform yet, but they've made a statement to the effect that they are watching the situation closely and may, you know, need to act, you know, if, if, if necessary or whatever. So it, it like I said, it's definitely catching, catching fire. The, the thing I hated about this, and, and you talk about the don't care about Joe Rogan, I, I haven't, spent two brain cells thinking about Joe Rogan since fear factor. Um, but, but I understand how big his podcast is. And, and my only thing like that whole, I watched that video. I'm glad you put that link to that video in there. Cause I watched the whole thing. Hella disingenuous, you know, he, but people like that understand the game of plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. And he came right up to that line. He's the king of it. The Drew king of it. King of the king of who? Me? Mm-hmm. I was just trying to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, it, it pissed me off. And and his his staff should be mad as as hell right now because there is absolutely no way on God's green earth 
that you get a hundred million dollar contract from anybody and you don't have a team of people researching every single thing you put out on the air. It just doesn't happen. I, I, I work, I work for Good Morning America. I like, I work in nationally syndicated daytime television. They don't let any of that thing, they don't leave any of that content to chance. Mm-hmm. You know, when the stakes are that high and the money is that high, and I'm sure his sponsors and everything else, when the stakes are that high, you do not leave any of the content to chance. And that video, he made it seem like he was just this one man band who just, sparks conversations whenever he gets ready and whatever comes to my mind. I don't plan it out. I don't, yeah. sometimes yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to say until I get on the microphone. And I, you know, I, I book, I'm, I'm still booking my own guests. Well, bro, maybe you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> I don't, you I don't believe hire somebody to do that. I to honestly don't believe out. him. I don't believe you no. have a hundred million dollar contract and you're still booking your own guests. He's, I don't, I don't believe him. I don't, I think he's not telling the truth because like I said, with, with, he knows with, his audience. Yes. And he knows the people he's trying to reach. Absolutely. And he knows the people he's trying to dog whistle to because those are the people who are coughing up all these subscriptions and that's got that's him right. to where he is now. So why would he then get this hundred million dollars from Spotify and then all of a sudden be the voice of reason or switch up anything that he's done right. to get him here? Spotify giving him a hundred million dollars was proof for him that, okay, I'm on the right track. It wasn't right. some, okay, well now I should be more responsible because yeah. I'm on this bigger platform. That was just a green light for him to say give, give, what give I've been more. doing has give been working and I'm not yeah. doing any, anything any different. I don't even care what Spotify say, because if I decide me being Joe Rogan, if I decide to leave Spotify or I even make hint that I may or be disgruntled about Spotify. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And they're going to yeah. flip over backwards because they know the pool that he has. So again, I didn't watch the video because I know what time it is. It was a video. load of crap. Right. I figured as like much. <laughs> so um, to be truth, truthful with y'all, this didn't even really, this story didn't really even move me. This part of it, at least. And it's like, it, it's Joe Rogan. You know what you're going to get. Um, that dude is, you know, how does, uh, how did Charlie Murphy say it? He is a perpetual line stepper. He, he is, he's going to always dip his toe on the other side of the line. Ooh, it's hot. Let me come back. Um, and that's what I think this video was. Ooh, I, I, I did this or I said this or I had this guest on. It's a little bit, uh, okay. The people are talking to me who write my checks. They now want to have disclaimers and, Maybe right. I should be better at vetting the people or maybe have some, you know, experts from the, I think, I don't want to say he said the other side, but just from a differing view, a different um, point of view, come on, um, in tandem with someone who is putting out these, you know, I can't remember the exact phrase that he used, but these, uh, you know, the, these viewpoints that are these non-mainstream viewpoints. I think that's might've, you know, might've been the way that he summarized it. Um, the thing that got me though, was that he was having a conversation. Um, and, uh, well, I gotta, I gotta look at the note here too. I, I'll find it here. Uh, he, he was having a conversation and with a guy from Canada. Um, he is a, a professor of uh, psychology and he's, you know, I don't want to call him right wing. He's just, but he's, he's definitely in conservative circles. I don't know that you would consider him, you know, like the, the far fringes of the, of the right wing, but this dude, um, you know, Joe Rogan, they're, they're, they're having a conversation. They bring up, uh, Michael Eric Dyson. Um, you know, 
Michael Eric Dyson, if, if for those who don't know that he's, you know, he's a professor. He talks uh, about, you know, black empowerment, these kind of things. He's a, you know, very, very elegant speaker, but he is what you would consider to be a light skinned man. He's very, very fair skinned. So, um, and I'm sorry, I, I just lost my note here. I, I will uh, Michael, find- so, so Michael Eric Dyson back in the day, I don't know when this conversation or when this statement came up in a January 25th conversation, uh, Rogan asked former psychology professor, Jordan Peterson, what did Jordan Mike Peterson, Eric, that's the name Eric Dyson for. call you? And his response was Eric Dyson called him a mean, angry white man. And then they go on yeah. to have this conversation yeah. about what it is to be black. I don't know if they was being funny. I don't know if they were. Well, they were I do being, know what they were yeah, doing. They were so, so here's the thing. Like I said, Jordan Peterson, he, you know, he, he made the statements like, you know, um, you know, I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm not white. That's a lie. And he's like, and then Rogan goes off on this weird, rant where it's like it's like this is like a stream of consciousness thing to where you know you know you know even calling yourself black is weird and i'm like oh you know i'm listening to this like dude where are you going with this well what, and what it, he, and he gets to the quote. point so so Go make ahead. sure we get it the black and white thing is so strange because the shades are so there's so much there's such so much of a spectrum of people unless you're talking to uh, someone who is a hundred percent African from the darkest place where they are not wearing any clothes at all day and they developed all that melanin to protect themselves from the sun. You know, um, even the term black is weird when you use it for people who are literally my color, it becomes very strange. So basically to sum it up, he says black folk to, to extrapolate. African Americans <laughs> from uh Atlanta and Philly and Ohio. We aren't really black folks. The black folks are the ones on the tribes on Africa in the huts burning from the sun. Only those people should be called black. I don't know what these other Negroes over here are talking about. And that that's my summation of that conversation. Oh, that that, that is that is exactly what it was. I thank yeah. you because the internet knocked my notes out. So um yeah, this one got me because uh, as I, I go back and I listen to this and I can tell you, I listen to more Joe Rogan um, because I listened to probably a good 45 minutes before that part of the conversation. And then I listened through the end of the show. Um, This is either um two white dudes at, you know, at, at, at best, this is two white dudes that are in their mid to late 50s. That are living under some kind of rock. It's like, you know, I think you're being disingenuous if you if you yeah, don't, don't if you don't, don't understand. Don't if you've gotten to where you've gotten to. Um but at best, they're being, you know, uh just oblivious to what's going on. And at worst, this is just flower races. Number one, it's like, dude, for real, you still think it's like, okay, in, in order to be black, you have to be uh from a tribe running around butt ass naked in Africa. For that to count. And it, it got me to thinking about things. So, um, I have, uh, you know, a couple of really, really close friends, um, that are Nigerian. Now they're born right here, but they don't really ever, like, you know, they, they fall into the category. They don't make it difficult for people. But if you ask them what they are, they don't say I'm black. I'm African American. They say I'm like, I'm Nigerian. And I don't know every African, but most Africans that I do know, that's what they say. Like black is not a thing there. It is, you know, I'm from this tribe. I'm from that tribe. I'm Nigerian. I'm South African. I'm from, you know, from this country, that country. 
the black thing is something that white folks put on white folks black people made it up. So it's this still is still on the form where you check the box for race. Yeah, y'all so, made like up said, this designation. We never right. decided we was calling ourselves black. Like, what are you talking about? Never. So when you get into well, why do African Americans? Why do black folks? Why do Negroes? Why do why do they you know refer to themselves as I hear? Well, because that's what you refer to us as. He's and, got a chip on his shoulder. I didn't mean to cut you off, Rob, but I did. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah about the whole black thing and about how black people, quote unquote, can call people white and call them, you know, the angry white man. And he wanted to yeah. low key, low shade clap back That's uh, all. by coming That's up all. with this little, little diatribe and it didn't because, even work. because people, people like Joe Rogan have an ax to grind. Like you really black. thought you ate, but you did. Mm-hmm. And this is his little low key slide shade. And a way, way to, to and, and again, a way to say, I was just asking the question. Me? What did I say? I just, I'm just having a conversation. It's like, boy, bye. I am trying um, very hard. Um, you know, as we do our episodes to bring both sides of you know, of a conversation. I can't do it this time, y'all. Ain't mm-hmm. no like sometimes you just gotta call a spade a spade. You know, it Ain't just no is side. what it is. So like Ain't I said, no I, this, this is the this is the level of benefit of the doubt that I am willing to give these two fifty plus something year old white men. You are being very disingenuous or you're being racist. No. It spans it's somewhere being, between them, 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 them two. And I'm like, dude, this is it's 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 just it's just upsetting because it's like, you know, um, we didn't call ourselves black. You called us black. And now that we actually have, are, are have doing that, mm-hmm. have adopted it. Well, I don't understand why they're doing that. It's like there, there are black people who are lighter than and me. he knows that. He knows yeah, that. He, like, he, exactly. His, his job, his, they're paying him a hundred million dollars to get yeah. a rise out of people and to keep them coming back every day or every week or how often his, I don't know how often his podcast comes on, but his job, they're paying him a hundred million dollars to get a rise out of, out of people. Um, we and know who those people are and, and it works. Cause we're and talking it about and it. It's the same the with, and it's the same with the, with the, with the COVID story. Because like I said, there's, there is absolutely no way that you're being paid a hundred million dollars and Spotify and your producers and, and your team that you don't have a team of people behind you, you know, crafting every single thing you're doing on air. And had you done even the, I mean, I literally did a three minute Google search about the one doctor, um, that he had on the show that, that, claimed to be the inventor of, of mRNA technology or whatever. And you would have seen that he is clearly disgruntled and bitter and hella questionable in, in all of his claims and assertions. And you would have thought twice about having him on your show, but you wanted that fire starter. You wanted that contrarian. You wanted mm-hmm. that, you know, little, you, you wanted that. So it's just like miss me with miss me with all well, no. this. Miss me he with knows all this. he knows who his audience is. Mm-hmm. Miss um, you know he he knows who's going to you know be interested in that. He knows who you know who isn't. But like he's like I got a hundred million dollars. I know why. And he knows uh, how to, he knows how to like you said. He knows how to play habitual play. line stepper. He knows how to. He knows how to just get that button. one little toe over there and mm-hmm. bring it back and be like, hey, and bring it back. Hey. And it's like what I didn't say that. Hey. I didn't mean that. I was just asking what what. <laughs> Gaslighter, a gaslighter yeah. extraordinaire. Oh, that's exactly. the word. Is. The gaslighter and extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. 
That is the word. That is well. The listen, word. Joe, you got us to talk about you on the podcast. So congratulations. It, it, I don't know that it'll happen again, or at least I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. You know, <laughs> giving you all this energy. All right, y'all. So we are in to that part of the show where we got to do our technology spotlight. And uh, I got a good one for you uh, this week. This week's spotlight is on Lisa Jalopter, who was a computer scientist, technologist, tech founder, CEO, and was the chief digital service officer for the United States Department of Education during the Obama administration. The thing, however, that Lisa created that I imagine just about everyone listening to this show has probably used and probably uses darn near daily is the animated GIF or GIF, depending on your you know, who, who you believe on how that thing is pronounced. Since graduating from Brown University at the age of 20 back in 1991 with a degree in computer science with concentrations in artificial intelligence and machine learning, Lisa has worked on several pioneering internet technologies and created products and services that have been used by billions of people, including Shockwave, Hulu, she was working Hulu for a quick minute, um, and the ascent of online video. And right before she was invited to join the Obama administration to work on things such as the redesign of the healthcare.gov, uh, excuse me, healthcare.gov website in 2015, she was the head of digital for BET for five years. In 2016, Jalopter founded T-Equitable, an independent confidential platform to address issues of bias, discrimination, and harassment in the workplace. She raised more than $2 million for the platform, marking her as one of the first 40 black women to ever raise over $1 million in venture capital. I believe she was actually 34 on that list. Lisa is a former member of the New York, the New York Urban League STEM Advisory Board and was named one of Fast Company's most creative people. So the thing, there's a couple things here. She created the gift. So we all like using those things. Um, you know, we, you know, we all are, you know, sending those things back and forth and text messages and iMessages and all that kind of good stuff. But I just, you know, the thing that really stood out to me is that she was the 34th black woman, um, you know, to get over a million dollars worth of, uh, venture funding. She got 2 million flowers to her for doing that. But how sad is it that in 2016, Mm -hmm. it took the 2016 to get to 34. She was 34. And, and we um, probably only at 40 now. 34 out of 40. So, you know, as I read this, this is a little bit shorter than most of the uh, spotlights that we read. And the reason for this is because she's just in the second third of her career. This this young lady is only 50, maybe 51 years old. She was you know, she graduated uh, in uh, when she was 20 and 91. So if she's not 51 yet, she'll be 51 sometime this year. She is still young. So there is a lot to come you know, from Lisa uh, Jalopter. And the other thing that kind of stood out to me is that, you know, T Equitable, the company that she, uh, you know, has started, uh, you know, she's now running that she's the CEO of, uh, mm-hmm. what does it say here? It's like, you know, the, it's a confidential platform to address issues of bias, discrimination and harassment in the workplace. It's interesting that, uh, you know, folks that we talk about on this show, when they do things, this kind of is, you know, some of the areas that they go into, we talked about Kim Guru. This is something that, you know, it's not exactly the same thing, but she, looking at bias and AI with her foundation. And it's like, um, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she was able to get money to do this because it is important work, what she's doing to help out the world so that we can be, you know, better as far as who we hire, how we hire, how we treat mm-hmm. the people when they get hired, uh, in organizations. So Lisa Jalopter, want to give you your flowers for making the tech John spotlight, um, in our 20th episode yep. and for making the gif it's, it's pronounced GIF because GIF <laughs> is peanut butter. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I say GIF, but the dude that created it 
He said it's he, Jif. He says Jif. Her name now, is I Lisa, think he's wrong. Her, I think her he name was is Lisa Gilopter. So we're going to go with her last name with a G. Because mine's a G as well. So we're going to call it Jif. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like um, when, when I was like, wait a minute. The animated GIF. We all use those all the time. Didn't know it was a sister that came up with that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was in the Obama administration and fixed the uh, government, uh, you know, the uh, the government website. Because I know that uh, healthcare.gov, when it first came out, it was a hot mess. There was all kinds of issues. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, you miss. Can you come over here and help us work on this? And she, she did that. And, uh, you know, you know, in- increased uh, the speed and efficiency of what that website worked. They liked that. And then they said, hey, would you like to come on full time and actually run this stuff in education for us so uh you know so like i said she is a very very impressive resume and she's still doing this stuff like i said she's 50 51 years old she is she's got a lot more to come out so we'll you know she she might actually make the uh you know make the cut again we might have to come back and do her another time indeed the more you know so y'all um as we always do when we get to the end of our show, we want to give a shout out to our new patrons. So this week um, we have Lynn Tolly. He became a new patron and we also got a raise from Henry Kemp. So once again, people, if you want to support the tech, John, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John. And we've got multiple tiers over there for multiple benefits. And like I said, a a benefit to everyone who supports the show is the ability to listen to us do a live show and do the after party after we get done doing our recording. So once again, thank you to Lynn Tolley for becoming a patron. And thank you to Henry Ken for giving us a raise. Thank you. So, so yeah. So Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks how they can get to you? You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Or you can check out my website at tilldeathutweet.com. And you can probably uh, put up her cash app or Venmo, how they do nowadays <laughs> for these birthday uh, wishes. Okay, send and, me uh, uh, show, show Stephanie some love because today or this weekend? Today. 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 Is, uh, January, Stephanie's baby, birthday, the end of so it. We definitely want to wish her happy birthday if we haven't already done so. So we definitely want to say thank you to that. So go to our uh, social media handles, the Tech John, and yeah. make sure you wish Stephanie a happy birthday. For and all that, of y'all right. who are wondering how old Stephanie is, she turned 21 again today. That's it. Oh boy. Forever 29. Terrence, <laughs> where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me on all things the internet at Brother Tech. And I am on all things at Rob Dunwood. And also you can get us at the Tech John. So at the Tech John on pretty much everything. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So check us out there. And until we meet again, fam, what do we always say at the end? Peace. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 